pleasure to meet you, uh, Sean. Thank you for uh, giving us your time today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Appreciate you having me. Slightly weird for me because, as with many people, I just grew up watching you fly through the air and entertain millions of us. I think one of my first wrestling memories was you on top of a ladder uh, against Scott Hall. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a match that was to be introduced to wrestling. Uh, you sort of set the bar too high, if anything, for me. Yeah, well, well, thank you very much. Yeah, well, that's, I, I'll say this. That's uh, certainly one a lot of people remember. The irony is I don't think Scott and I had any idea at the time uh, mm -hmm. that it would be as big and kind of, I don't know, uh, memorable and iconic. Uh, we had done, as I've told people on, on many occasions, we had done numerous ladder matches, uh, strangely enough. Um, mm -hmm. And so for us, it was... Uh, it was kind of an, another another day at the office. They were uh, they wanted to give it a try at WrestleMania and, and sort of see if it was something that um, I don't know they felt would stick. And mm. clearly, you know, all the all these years later, uh, it stuck pretty well. I mean, that seemed to be a bit of a, a theme with your career. You know, the uh, the Hell in the Cell against the Undertaker often viewed as uh, the 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 one that everyone tries to live up to, and same with the ladder match. What is it like being held as the golden standard to an industry like that? First of all, I mean, it's, it's incredibly flattering, and I, I don't, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I, I don't know that it's uh, the golden standard, but I, I do know that I was always honored that, you know, I was kind of the guinea pig if we wanted to try to find, I don't know, if something worked. I liked taking risks. I, I enjoyed taking chances and seeing if I could do something that maybe everyone else hadn't done yet. Um, mm. And so, um uh, I was fortunate enough to one have that kind of attitude, and then also have a, I guess, a company that didn't mind putting me, putting me out there and, yeah. and taking a risk in, in some of these matches. Um, so again, as I look back, obviously I'm, I'm very proud of a lot of them. At the time, um, you know, you're just so anxious and excited to try anything, you know, and and, and as as I'm sure you know, uh, you know when you're younger you feel like you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof that you can do you know what i mean that you can yeah. do anything that's certainly the way i felt at the time and uh obviously you know again now that i'm older and more mature i'm, I'm, I'm very proud to look back on uh the body of work that i that i did yeah one of the things it seems that people loved about working with you i, I interviewed the undertaker recently and people talk about how you would as they say sell for for them and and to help make the other guy look amazing what what was it about doing sort of that kind of acting performance that you managed to get a hold of in your mind and, and be able to bring that to life in the ring uh, it's funny because uh at six months in the wrestling business um i was in mid-south and i had been there for a while and bill watts was you know finishing me up and he was getting me started helping me to get started in kansas city and he said sean he said he said look you've got a lot of ability a lot of talent i think you can do something in this business you've learned as much as you can learn here you've learned to take a hell of an ass kicking and uh, he said if you're not he said if you're not careful you'll end up taking one for the rest of your career um and what he meant by that is you need to go somewhere else there's an art to also learning how to win and to get over, as we say. Mm -hmm. um, but in the from the time that I broke into, you know, as the 
the business evolved and grew. Thankfully enough, uh, I had the ability to get beat up well, I guess. And that turned out to be something that I could use to my advantage as, as what people call selling. It's one of the things that I did well as both a good guy and a bad guy. Thankfully, I was able to make a wonderful living out of being able to get get beat up well essentially honestly this is is what it is yes i had some uh i had some very good exciting offensive moves that i could do but i think what people are most most associated with sean michaels was his ability to get beat up is his selling um, and taking bumps, as we say. Um, and that's something that I, I really enjoy doing that too, for what it's worth. I, 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 that was never something that seemed like a lot of work to me. And the more that I did it, the more people seemed to enjoy the matches. And so for me, it was all a very natural, um, I don't know, a natural evolution for me. And thankfully uh, it made everybody look good. It, you know, so that sort of, made people enjoy working with me, whether they liked me personally or not, they knew they could have good matches with me. Um, and thankfully that always takes precedence over anything else. The thing about um, watching your matches that really, that grabbed me was the way the matches would flip flop where you'd think it was going one way, then it would go the other way, then it would go. And it was so believable. And that was, key to keeping people's attention for long periods of time i'm thinking of like the iron man match you did with brett for example at wrestlemania 12 i think it was and uh watching you coming uh, from the skies created like just such a moment and i know undertaker has uh kind of got mr wrestlemania but you definitely pushed him for that when when you mention about uh your personality and whether people like you personally or not uh, what is it like looking back at those younger years for you? Because obviously a lot of people said a lot of things about how you behaved in the backstage because you were the superstar and now you're a man who's, you know, wise. You, you look back at that. What is it like looking back at that? Well, look, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I would love to be, be, to be able to change a lot of it, obviously. Mm. Um, but I always tell people, so I, I don't know if I'd have, gotten where I got to or had the success that I had if I didn't go about it that way. And again, obviously, um, you know, we'll never know, but, uh, I think again, I, I, I'm always kind of remiss to want to change anything for fear. I wouldn't be where I'm at now, which I, I totally love. So look, I would love to have been able to have handled myself more maturely, more professionally. Um, but and, and, and still been able to have all the talents and the mm. ability, but I don't, I'm not sure if I'd have had the confidence and the drive um, and the ambition that I had in that ring night after night, day after day, year after year, if I didn't have that same attitude. I was very, uh, I was angry, but I was also, I really wanted to make a point. And, and so mm. I don't know. I don't know if I'd, have, if I'd have done it another way. I don't know that I'd have driven that home as much as I would have liked to. So um, it's, I don't know if it makes sense, but it's kind of a, you know, you know, sure. I would have loved to have changed it, but that might've changed everything. Um, mm. And I wouldn't want that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's ironic. Cause I've just interviewed uh, Logan Paul earlier today who made his debut in, in, in at WrestleMania and similarly 
if you take that out of a personality, that young, youthful, I can do anything, don't tell me what I can't do, you just don't get the same output. Um, and I was wondering what you thought of his, his debut, because uh, a lot of people were fairly impressed by it. Absolutely. And I, I, I was as well. And that's something that uh, I'm glad you brought it up, because, again, I, you know, that was look, it's always a question I know to people when we bring in against celebrities from the outside. Mm. And, and now I will say, I think the celebrities really make a really, you know, big effort to make sure that they adjust to our, our sport. Well, mm. but he did a fantastic job. I, I know I will say this. I wasn't that surprised by it because again, if you, if you again, if you've watched him in boxing and, and almost everything he does, mm. he jumps into it, you know, a full bore, you know mm. what I mean? He's 1% committed to, to everything he does. So I wasn't surprised by it, but at the same time, he really did do a fantastic job. Um, and, and again, the, what we do isn't easy. Uh, by any stretch mm. and uh, especially if you're going to do it just once again I always found you know that's you know again people would always ask me that's why you know Taker and I always I was always impressed with the way he would he'd go a year off and come back to Wrestlemania and, and people would ask me like why don't you do that and I was just like no way that's harder to me you know mm. what I mean I'm better doing it more consistently um, but to just have to step away from it and get back into it that takes a lot of commitment and mm. for somebody that's never done it and then to jump in and to jump in all the way and commit to it like he did again i i, I admire that and i think he did a great job uh, as with everyone who interviews you uh, i have to bring up the the screw job uh, it's just part of your your life sure. and and it was a fascinating time in wrestling where wrestling became more real than ever and obviously for those who don't know you were a part of a, a match that was supposed to end one way and then was changed to benefit the company because the other star Bret Hart was leaving and you were involved in the submission hold where it obviously got called uh, off now I was wondering in that time that you were sworn to secrecy about your knowledge of this what was it like sort of having to go about the back room and lie to all of those other wrestlers and keep this sort of bond that you'd been sworn to secret yeah that's the part that sucked the most yeah <laughs> to be very, very honest <laughs> um, especially especially at that time um I'd have felt so much better being able to say yes, mm. I knew, you know, um, that honestly, um, in the long run became the hardest and the biggest burden. Cause again, what we have in there again, no matter what you may feel about somebody personally, there's the trust there. There's the trust there, um, that we have with one another every night that we go out there, you know, uh, taking care of each other, taking care of each other's bodies. And I knew that was obviously going to damage um, that. And I will say that there might have been a lot of people that disliked me, but there wasn't anybody that did not enjoy being in the ring with me. Mm. Um, and that honestly, as I told people on many occasions, that was the hardest part, honestly, is um, losing what I felt like would be that trust. Um with, with, with the other guys. Yeah. Uh, and look, I'll say this. I, I think obviously over time um, it weighed on me more and more. Um, but, and of course Vince did everything he could, you know, oh. to try to take as much of that responsibility, but how mad is anybody going to get at him? Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So it, 
I, I, I'm the easy guy. So honestly, for me, that was the hardest issue altogether, which was not being able to, to come clean about it. it. It seemed like you had this party boy, you know, undeniable superstar uh, attitude. And it, it did seem to sort of spiral in, in, in like you became your own worst enemy in some regards. And eventually you had this sort of wake up call where you decided to become a very different person. And that that's very rare. To, you know, I interview a lot of people and it's very rare someone will do such a 180 and become so different at a, at a middle point of their life. And that takes a lot of real soul searching. And I was just wondering sort of what brought that on for you first of all it's uh you know i will say i think the genesis of all of it would be obviously meeting who's you know the woman who's now my wife mm. um, um she was sort of the beginning of it uh i look she was the first time that i really uh if i'm being honest loved anything more than either myself or the wrestling business. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was the first time for me I experienced real love. And then, of course, we had, you know, uh, a child. And, you know, when, when first found out that she was pregnant, it, it now things, it was the first time that something was bigger than myself, to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest. Um, and the idea of this human being, this little human being turning out like me, and uh, it scared me to death, <laughs> to, be perfect, to be perfectly honest. Um, and, and that honestly is what did it. It was just something that, that uh, and again, I mean, I don't want to beat anybody over the head with my Bible and go too far into, into my faith. But obviously that had a, a great deal to do with it. But that honestly is all sort of the same thing. It was believing and having something bigger than myself. And that was, to me, it was just about, you know, really full unconditional love for something that I'd never had before. And mm. this person being 100% dependent on if he was going to turn out to be any type of redeeming man, mm -hmm. he was probably going to look at his dad first. And it just made me uh, look in the mirror. And as you say, do a lot of soul searching and it is not fun. It, mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, uh, an incredibly humbling, uh, you know, uh, mm thing to go through uh, when you realize and you start to pick yourself apart and look at the things you can improve on uh, the list was uh long to say the least you know credit to you for, for being a man enough to do that it takes a lot of effort and um you've really stuck to it uh that that's quite clear because i remember when you first came back to wrestling a few people like mm, is this an act like people didn't really know how to take you from all the interviews i've watched uh one of the things that sort of built up that character that people had a, an idea about you was being a part of the clique and this is a group of wrestlers who were kind of notorious <laughs> really the bad boys of wrestling who seemed to have a, a, a hold on wrestling in two different organizations. But the irony was, is that your sort of little brother in all of that was Triple H. And my meeting and most wrestling fans meeting of Triple H, where we really became familiar with him, was as your sort of right-hand man. If I had said to you back then, you know, one day this guy is going to be the most powerful man in wrestling, how would yeah. you have took that? I don't know. I'd have said the most powerful man in wrestling is driving me down the road and taking me up to my, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and taking me up to my uh, hotel room when I'm, I'm half out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, again, it really has been, uh, you know, an, an amazing journey, um, to say the least. Uh, mm. And it is 
Look, we we were real life friends, um, and obviously he did. You know, I don't know. He showed me the ultimate friendship by again being there for me when I was not you know at my best, and um, because of that, there's just been a you know a I don't know a lifelong devotion to our friendship with one uh-huh. another, and um, and that's why even now that again. Me taking on what I'm doing now is is doing my best to you know to pay him back for everything that he did for me you know I mean yeah. when, when I needed it and, and and that's me doing everything that I can while he needs it um, and that's the process we're in now but again no I would have never look uh, when I left with my back injury it was one way and then I came back and you know he's you know I'm, I'm now one of the groomsmen at his wedding with, uh, you know, Stephanie McMahon. And, yeah. and then of course his, you know, his rise to, as you say, being one of the most powerful men you know, in, in, in the business altogether. And, mm. uh, but there's still, we're still, you know, he's still honored to me, you know, to, you know, all he's, you know, he's, we're still friends. There's, there's an aspect of that where I can at least be, that real aspect of his life that nobody else really knows about. And that's the one thing that myself and Kevin and kid, um, you know, can at least share with him on the side that not many other people can. And most importantly that he can't, I think that's the biggest thing for me is, um, is being a refuge for him away from, uh, ironically enough, uh, the WWE and away from the wrestling business as a whole. Yeah, so when you talk about your role now helping him, it's 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 building the NXT brand and and bringing through the new wave of wrestlers and passing down that knowledge and hopefully helping him create future superstars. Uh, what is it like to be a teacher now? Because I remember you being taught. Uh, I remember seeing videos of you being taught in the run up to WrestleMania 12 from your old teacher. Yeah, well, look, um, it's it's gone. It's evolved. You know. Uh, a lot, even in the time that I've been here. I when I first came here uh, to NXT, it was just to in a coaching role, and it was it mostly just to, again, to be with a certain group of guys once they felt like they got to a certain level, um, and help them. I don't know better understand storyline and psychology, and again, helping them understand that the moves were the moves, but they could really just play a backdrop to a bigger part of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it slowly evolved into, <laughs> you know, um, taking over NXT UK. And then obviously at one point, uh, you know, writing and producing NXT and then writing and producing NXT UK. And then now sort of what it's culminated into now, which is again, for the most part, uh, running running both brands uh obviously with a a great team that he put in place around me Mm -hmm. um and having less time so to speak to coach individually um but try to grow both brands in a way that again does what we're supposed to do here which Mm -hmm. is prepare um the nxt superstars to be the wwe superstars of tomorrow and, and on into the future how, how receptive is um, Triple H to feedback from you? Because like, I, f- I feel like there's so much 
control that he has now over the brand and and a lot of people are going to have so many different opinions of whether he should zig or zag and obviously he's going to trust you a lot do you have a lot of conversations like that or are you too focused on what you're doing often to just let him get on with it well, look, look, when, when he was when he was here uh on a regular basis um i certainly always we had a great deal of back and forth mm-hmm. um and i think again i feel like he always knew that he would get the truth from me um mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that certainly now in being in this position you mm-hmm. begin to understand that you may not always be getting the cold hard truth you might be getting what people think you want to hear and you having to discern what's best and that's one of the things i think that he's taught me you know i I guess the most is that there are times again that i can lean on him and ask him something i know he'll give me the best answer um and i know it'll be the truth and 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 again whether it's good or it's bad he knows he can tell me that and it's better overall for both my growth and the growth of the brand um i like to think that's what i gave him at the same time the one thing that i will say is that i don't and i'm continuing to learn i don't have the vast knowledge uh that he has because he's had a, you know like he said it's like sean i've had a decade head start on you you know i mean he said it's you know yeah. um it's one of those things that you know i've almost forgotten how long he's actually been doing this and doing it at a high level mm-hmm. um and that's one of the things that i find myself appreciating more and more um is again the depth of knowledge and innovation that he has from a production standpoint and those are uh, some of the things that I hope to obviously glean information from him throughout the years as we continue to go forward in this. Uh, as um, someone might have seen, uh, it was it was sad to see that he sort of had retirement, in-ring retirement forced on him in the last year. Obviously, uh, a lot of people feel like you went out the perfect way, you know, the perfect match. Everything was amazing about your final goal, but he didn't, he wasn't so lucky. How do you think he's going to cope with not being able to scratch that itch mentally? Well, I'll say this. I... From all I can tell, that everything for him has been put into perspective. And and one way or another, I believe that's one of the greatest lessons of life. It will teach you one way or another um, about perspective. It's just up to you, the individual, to receive it. Um, and he has done both. And I think he understands that um, the career that he had is second to none. There's so much to be proud of. There is a future um, from a business standpoint of so much more to fulfill um, that has nothing to do with the ring. And the most important, I think, again, is his family. I think he's understood the balance that needs to be there and that when everything is said and done, you know, uh, you know, those those daughters of his and his wife, that's the most important thing in his life. Mm-hmm. I think he's having the time to be able to enjoy that as he should. Um, and, and, and look, I, I think when, for all of us, when you get that realization and it finally sinks in, yes, this job, very important to, to all of us, but it is still a job when it's said and done. It's still something that really is not based and grounded in reality and family is. And so when it comes Again, as I like to say, when it comes to nut cutting time, 
reality always takes precedent. <laughs> I like it. Um, and obviously mentioning uh, him and, and the click, uh, very sad to see that we lost Scott Hall in the last year. Um, how did you guys as a friendship group sort of uh, deal with that and cope together? Just that, together. Um, you know, I, I... So it's one thing you kind of always wonder... Um, in the years following, will it stick? What was it all as special as you thought it was? And when it, and when something like this happens, to find out that it that it all is, and that it's still, I don't know, we're still that group of guys that bonded so well together on the road in this line of work together, and twenty plus years later we can still come together and it's still, I don't know there. Yes. There was an unbelievable sadness there, but the overwhelming joy of all of us understanding and appreciating and valuing the friendship that we had and seeing how important it was. I think that was the most positive thing in all of this for us. It was sad and tragic to lose Scott. Um, but I can just say for me personally, I don't know. It was, it was so great to find out that, I don't know, that we were all still going to be there when uh, it's coming to the end. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I don't think you can ask for much more of that. Um, again, for all of us to be able to be there with each other, be able to say goodbye and, and I don't know, uh, and then to be together to, to mourn and to comfort one another afterwards, that's pretty special. And I think that's the best you can get when it comes uh, to the finality of death. Wrestling is a pretty brutal industry, or at least it has been uh, with so much sadness for a, a lot of you guys. Uh, you know, I do feel for you because so many close friends seem to have been lost by you guys when I talk to one of you. I see that Ric Flair is actually coming out of retirement for one last match. I bet you that raised a few eyebrows. Like, what what is it like to see that when he's doing his little practice drills and he's putting his social media videos out? Well, so I, I've, uh, I guess it's one good thing about my schedule that I've been so busy. I, I just know of him doing that. And, yeah. and, um, and so look, I think those of us that, that know the Nate are, are always, I don't know, kind of tickled with that. You know, it's, it's never over for the Nate. And nah. so look, that's one of the things that makes him who he is. Yeah. Um, we want Rick, you know, I want Rick to be happy. And of and getting in the ring one more time, um, again, especially if, you know, Rick knows if he can do it or not. Rick knows if he's uh, healthy enough. And if it's something that brings him joy, brings him contentment, um, I wish him the best. Obviously, always want him to be careful. Um, but I think when it comes to being in that ring, that might be where he's most comfortable. And that's where he finds the most amount of joy. And if that's the case um, and he can do it and stay healthy and happy, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to support it in that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with you. When I looked over your career, there was just so many instrumental moments that you played in. Uh, you were the kingmaker for Steve Austin. You, you had some of the biggest and best matches with The Undertaker. You retired uh, Ric Flair. And, uh, I was talking with my friends before about how many moments you had. It's crazy. But the Ric Flair one specifically, that moment where you look at him and say, you know, I'm sorry, I love you. What made you say that before you did that out of interest? It, because it was real for me. You know, he was my guy. Um, 
And but and honestly, and even at that time, you know, at that time, I'm aware, and because what you just said, I've had the opportunity to think about that. I've been a part of so many wonderful things and mm. big moments in this business, and especially at, at the time of that match, and the whole second half of my career from 2002 on. Every time I got in the ring, I I understood that that it was a second chance, and that I had already done all these amazing things. And here I was getting to do it again. So every time I was in there, it was from a place of such thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those thoughts that you just talked about were always in my head. And now I'm in there with the guy that when I was 15, I used to watch on television. And Whoa. again, you would talk about, I'm going to do that someday, mm-hmm. but never knowing if it's real. And now it is. And so it was all genuine. It is all real. That's the great thing about this job it's what still keeps me doing it now um is that there's a romance there that goes on um even though it is everything you said it can be brutal it can be rough um you know (laughs) it will hit below the belt Mm. um a lot of times but there's still you know again a love and a romance there that has never faded um and partly because of that guy and and also now for me because of all of those memories and it's mm. hard not to i don't know again i'll say this i'm i'm married to a woman and have two children that have all grown with me and they go they understand dad has two loves in his life it's us and the wrestling business and they share me with it uh-huh and um and looking back at another wrestler who you had like an amazing rivalry with, Bret Hart, you and Bret Hart are like some sort of, uh, it's like Star Wars, Harry Potter, sort of like good and evil. Like it, it, that was what it was back then. It, it, one needed the other and you just like pushed each other to the limit. And it was such a great rivalry. And obviously it was based on truth that there was real genuine bad blood at times and bitter, you know, wanting to outdo each other. I was wondering if you've ever had a conversation now as, uh, as older guys, you know, where you really had a heart to heart of any kind and what that was like about all those times where you didn't get on so well. Yeah, we have. We have had that opportunity. And again, and it's been nice. nice. And it's been, uh, I'm trying to, I think the word he used is cathartic. Yeah. Um, and, but we have, and, and he is. And that's, again, that's another thing that can falls back into that romance where there's a happy ending uh-huh. to it all. I mean, some of, look, there are times I look at my life and my career and I think, holy cow, I'm one big cliche. And Why do you feel like a cliche, Sean? Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no. Well, because, again, because it's been so, I don't know, it was, you know, I was the very cliche fame and fortune and drugs yeah. and alcohol and almost falling apart. And then, oh, the good turnaround and the happy ending. And it <laughs> sounds like a Disney movie sometimes. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, look, don't, I'm not complaining by any yeah. stretch. Um, but, uh, you know, we have, in fact, it, we did it again at WrestleMania because uh, they were filming something for the rivalries, the A&E mm-hmm. rivalries that we did. Um, and, you know, Brett and I have, again, even being asked about it all the time, as you, you know, everyone does now. They joke about, you know, having to ask about that incident. But yeah. he and I are forever, ever linked in that respect. 
Um, and, and again, you go through sort of a full uh, circle with that to where, I don't know, up front, you, I don't know, you enjoy it and then you, you hate it and then you enjoy it again then you understand it. Then you have peace with it. And yeah. um, it's, it's, it's just quite the, uh, I don't know, evolution and learning process, but I wouldn't trade where Brett and I are at now for anything in the world. Um, mm. and, and they are, they're, they're, it's, it's always very pleasant um, when we run across each other now. Um, and, and again, I always, you know, I'm always, you know, flattered. I mean, it's amazing. He'll, you know, he'll remember, you know, my, you know, me and my wife's anniversary and stuff like that. And, yeah. and, text, and even on my birthday and stuff like that. And so it's, it's just fantastic to, to be where we're at now with one another. Yeah. And, uh, one of the biggest sort of WrestleMania of all time, in my opinion, anyway, was when we had Mike Tyson, special guest referee, you and Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mike Tyson joins D Generation X. It was so entertaining. Like it, the, you were the, the best bastard possible like you you got under his skin um and and also i felt like you brought an edge to your character specifically for stone cold like it you you turned on the sort of nastiness and the tough guy that Shawn michaels could be um but what i didn't realize until i started looking into it more was that you were dealing with a bit of a back injury it wasn't necessarily an easy time for you i would never have known at the time but what was that whole thing like of working with mike and and stone cold being at his white hot best uh and then handing the belt over everything with working with mike was fantastic i mean he was he was he was great the entire time mm. uh, look and as i will uh, as much as i'd love to think i was just a fantastic actor um i think probably so much of that turning it up is because at that time i was i was real life pissed angry mm. hurt you know what I mean? All the all the uh, ingredients one needs to portray being nasty and mean. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was real life all of it. Yeah. Um, but I did. I, I I freely brought that you know uh, to television, um, yeah. and I do. I think I think that it worked. I guess I go back. That's why I always say like I would love to have not gone through all of that stuff and made everybody suffer through it. But I'm not sure if my work would have been what it was. Mm. You know. Um, so I, I will say it was tough at the time going through it. I look back on it. Um, I'll say this for a dude that was on one hand, probably, you know, it, like in a fight, it's not like you're going to bet on me every time, but I will say as far as enduring pain, enduring injury um, and things like that, I was pretty tough. Uh, and, and yeah. granted, I certainly had help at the time, but um, you know, I always went out there and tried to uh, give the best I could, um, that whole that whole situation, um, you know, was fantastic for the time. I think I was doing some really good work at that time. As you said, Steve was white hot. Mm. Tyson was getting us some unbelievable crossover press that we'd never had. Mm. Um, and, I, and, and again, I recognize not the best situation for everybody by any stretch, um, but for the time, I think I was the perfect guy, uh, you know, the, the most hated guy we could get <laughs> to have Steve conquer uh, to be the guy that was going to carry the company into the future. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Steve, a uh, fellow uh, Texan uh as well you 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 king made him you know you you 
it wouldn't have been right for it to be with someone else I don't feel like because it, he needed a worthy opponent and you brought that and more and you never knew whether or not he was you were going to slip out and and riddle away from him and, and make him you know wait for his day um, what was it like seeing Steve take the company to new heights in that period well and that's the thing I, to me I didn't know so you knew it was big but mm. I didn't I don't know I just don't know that anybody was prepared again if they were God bless them but I don't know if anybody was prepared for I don't know the enormity of what Steve would go on to produce from a company standpoint um, it, it just it was amazing and it caught mm. fire um, again I, I, I just all I can say is for somebody that sat home and watched it, it was one of the most amazing things and incredibly joyful to watch. <laughs> I got to be honest. I thought they did fantastic stuff. Again, not just with Steve, but with everybody. I, what what a roster. If you go back and you look at that roster at the time, mm-hmm. Steve was fantastic, but he really did have some great support as well. Um, and, and that is when uh, top to bottom, the WWE uh, talent pool was pretty stout. When you had your last match against The Undertaker, uh, and I know Undertaker thought so highly of the work you guys did together, how did it feel when you were in the ring and the match was over and you were getting that ovation and you just got to have that moment of, okay, this is it now? It was nice, to be perfectly honest. It, it was it was really nice. Um, look, I, as I mentioned to people, I, I felt that after the first one. I felt a piece that I hadn't felt before after a match. And mm. that just got me thinking that, okay, I'm, it, it is because I'd already been thinking about it and I felt that I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this to be the end. Mm. Um, and after the last one, there really is, there's a piece that settles in, um, because I'm not sure people certainly, and I can't speak for everybody else. I don't know if everybody understands, certainly for me anyway, the, the, I don't want to say stress, but the anxiety, the mental kind of focus that WrestleMania took on me anyway, mm-hmm. every year. And, and, and also and I say not just WrestleMania, but I was like that about most pay-per-views most of my matches and then wrestlemania was just altogether a different mental frame of mind that i tried to get myself to um every year and sometimes that can be tiring Mm. and so to know that that was going to be the last one there was a there was a i don't know big sense of relief there um and again i was also very proud of the body of work mm-hmm. you know I, I felt like at that time there wasn't anything left on the table and i think for me that all those things just made it so much easier for me uh to be content walking away when we yeah when we look at your your body of work there's so many great matches so many great wrestlers i wondered who your favorite guys to work with were just on a regular basis where you just enjoy those matches, whether we've seen them or not, you know? The the obvious, they're ones, again, like like Hunter and Taker, obviously, are always in there. It's hard not to put Scott Hall in there because Scott and I could go, I mean, Scott and I worked with each other, it seemed like, every night for two and a half years. <laughs> and I don't know that we ever had to give it any thought. And the same wow. with Hunter, 
you know, Hunter and, and Mark, you know I mean? There were just times that we could go out there. I just had chemistry with those guys in a way that it was almost unfair how much you didn't have to think about what it was we were going to do because wow. there was just such a cohesiveness to what we did. Um, but then other, you know, again, I would say I, I really enjoyed working with Chris, you know, uh, Jericho enjoyed working with obviously Kevin trying to think, I mean, Jeff Jarrett and I had, you know, fun Mick, you know, Mick and I didn't get to wrestle that many times, but it was always really easy with Mick as well. He's somebody that didn't know very well. Um, not like we hung out, but every time we got in the ring with each other, it was, you know, again, one of those things where you just had this chemistry with the guy that you go like, huh, this would be, you know, it'd be easy to have a good storyline with him. Mm. You know, uh, I don't know. Again, Kurt was fun. Kurt and I didn't get to do a lot either. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Again, there's just so many guys that it's hard to. <laughs> yeah, you and Kurt. I, I enjoyed a lot of them for so many different reasons. You and Kurt Angle, that, I remember that specifically being a great match to just watch and it is funny because I guess we're watching it from a fight perspective where it's choreographed but for you, you these some of these guys it's just like a dance partner it's just like you 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 don't even need to call anything it's just happening and that's the easiest way to work for you guys for me and again I always I, I can remember people like trying to describe my style and I don't know that I really had one mm. I just so enjoyed adapting to the style of all these other guys. And I think that's where I found, I don't know, the most joy, which is, and then again, for me, it's the most challenging is can I adapt whatever it is I do or I am to these guys strengths. Mm. And, and I always had the utmost confidence in all of them. Um, you know, whatever, highlighting my strengths again. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think for me, the variety of guys uh, was enjoyable, but I also had a great deal of admiration for the ability of the guys that I was in there with. It feels like the way you're describing this is sort of like you become almost like a Swiss army knife where you can tailor your style to anything. And that was why you were able to get the best out of so many different kinds of wrestlers that you'd be opposite. Exactly. And I guess that's, yeah. I, and that's why I said, I don't know if it sounds right, but I just, again, you know, all these guys knew what they did so well. Mm. And all I knew, I knew that like, well, heck, all I have to do is adapt and you know what I mean? And make mm -hmm. what they do look even better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and because I, I always try to tell people, I don't mean it to be, you know, cause again, I rig, you know, I'll diminish my, <laughs> you know, my brand. If, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's look, I, I, I didn't do that many offensive moves. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, most of what I did. And of course, look, people now, again, because I do interviews like this and I say stuff like that, people are like, yeah, he wasn't as great as, you know, <laughs> everybody thinks he is <laughs> like, okay, uh, that's fine as well. But what I think what I did well, which was again, which was adjust to everybody and make everybody perform at their best. Absolutely. And I, think, I don't know. I think that's what, you know, I'll just say, that's what I always admire about, you know, Michael Jordan is that he made everybody on his team better. And it didn't matter what kind of defense he went up against. He was going to adjust to it and still score.
And that is what greatness does. And, and, and that is why almost every wrestler seems to say their favorite person to wrestle with was you because it wasn't like they had to adjust. You were allowing them to be the best them and helping them along with that. And this makes total sense now. Um, but uh, one of my favorite eras, uh, one of my favorite parts of wrestling is D-Generation X. And obviously you were the, the founding member. You, you Your humor, uh, that boyish, cheeky, ridiculous humor that you guys brought to the screens. It was, yes, yeah, Stone Cold was doing his thing. The Rock was doing his thing. But by God, did that make a huge difference to the late 90s of, of wrestling and, and sway everything back towards WWE? How did you guys come up with a creative for that? And, and, and what was it like for you guys doing that? It was a blast. Especially, again, starting out when, you know, there wasn't, we were the first ones kind of doing it. And we Mm. were the, you know, we were doing attitude before it was called any of that. And we were doing reality TV before it was called any of that. Um, What we did, honestly, is we just, um, you know, really put the gas on what I had sort of been doing from a promo standpoint out there anyway, which was, as they call them, work shoots, saying a lot of stuff that was real life true that people didn't like in the back. And I was going out there and taking advantage of a live microphone on live television. Um, and then that's what Hunter and I started doing. Um, but we started at least tailoring it to not so much other talent specific, um, but we would do it more towards I don't know, a generalized subject. And half of it had to do with our anatomy, which everybody thought, was, <laughs> you know, which everybody always thought was funny. Um, was it? F- but look, we, as we, we tell everybody we got in a lot of trouble at first. Um, yeah. Before it got to be cool with everybody. Yeah, because I assume originally when you're pushing buttons and you're saying a lot of these half-truths and more than that, you're coming back and then you've got to look these guys in the eye after you've just said this stuff. Was that (laughs) pretty heated? Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and again, it was, look, obviously, as everyone knows, that was, you know, part of the reason for, you know, Brett and I, but now Hunter and I were doing it more again from a fun standpoint, mm. but there were still nuggets of truth there that rubbed people a little bit the wrong way. And it was made them a little uncomfortable. Plus they also felt that we were pulling the curtain back a little bit too much. Mm. And um, that was just something that from our standpoint, you know, just philosophically, we just disagreed with, you know, mm. you know, we just, felt that more people knew what the WWE was than didn't. Um, and there were just a lot of people that were steeped in the tradition of, of the wrestling business. And we felt that those times were changing. Um, and, and anytime you, anytime you ruffle the feathers of tradition, uh, it gets ugly. Fantastic. I really appreciate you going into that. Before before we go, um, there is a huge show coming to the UK in September, Clash of uh, at the Castle. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It's going to be massive. Yeah, it is. It's going to be huge. Look, I'm just thrilled. We're, you know, again, what was, when was the last time we were there for summer? SummerSlam all those years yeah, ago. I'm thinking uh, Davy Boy Smith versus Brett, I Davey, think it was, right? Yeah, Davy and Brett. Yeah, and yeah. That's, I, that's the thing. I... I that's this is just it's been a long time but there's been a long time coming um because i again and this is not me blowing smoke but from the first time back in uh, gosh i want to say 89 Mm. or 90 when we first possibly yeah yeah, 
I mean, yeah. when we first started going over to the UK, it was the first time I ever felt like, I mean, like I can remember going like, Oh my goodness. I feel like one of the Beatles. It just <laughs> was, you know, I love it. It, was just, it was just, just the, it really is the, the appreciation the, of the fans, the excitement, the energy um, that you all brought to uh-huh. the shows was just off the charts. Um, mm. And look, even to this, it's like that to this day, even for us, the UK brand, you know what I mean? NXT UK, it's just a different environment. Um, and so to be able to have this on a WWE level at, you know, at a stadium, um, to me, uh, it's gotta be, you know, that's just, it's gotta be crazy. I think this is going to be a fantastic show. I think it's something, um, I hope that begins a new tradition of us being able to go over there a lot more often and do some more premium live events, um, or at least bigger shows. Cause again, um, I will say, look, you all have just been a, a, just a fantastic market for us for so long. Um, and I, and I know everybody, it was like that when I did it. And it's still like that. Now the guys and the girls love performing over mm-hmm. there because again, every time you're out there, you can feel it. And, um, I don't know. That's why we do this. You know what I mean? To get out there and feel that visceral connection, uh, between our performance and the people. And, um, not many, not many places, you know, again, love my country and everything, but not, you know, not many places, uh, bring that, um, like being over in the UK to be perfectly honest. So that's no, that's no blowing smoke. That's, that's sincere, uh, you know, gratitude for what it is y'all bring to our shows. Well, uh, I'm being told it's time to wrap up, Sean, but a huge thank you for this. You are one of the greatest of all time by anyone's, you know, judgment. I mean, you've, you've done amazing things and uh, thanks very much. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me in and, and thanks for giving me the time. Thanks very much. That was Sean Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid on the True Geordie podcast. <laughs>